all my pens are downstairs, so. Or I have pens. It's just the ones that I like are downstairs. So it's all it's all mental notes today? Well, I have notes for Oppenheimer, but Scott Pilgrim's fresh in my head. I like, yeah. I uh, like I said, I rewatched it again this morning, and I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. And and you're up first this week. Hmm. Meaning, we're going to talk about Scott Pilgrim first. Uh. Yeah, I mean, unless you want to talk about something else. No, I mean, you said I'm up first this week. Meaning, well, because last gonna... week I, I last week I did in the Heights first, and then we went. Oh, to oh, steel. oh, okay. And then, so I figure we'll just, as as well as it being a movie swap, we will swap who goes first every week. You see what I did there? I do. <laughs> and I'm already recording, and this stupid shit's already going to be part of the podcast. Awesome. Because <laughs> that's what I'm excited about. Right? I got to get off my phone. I just got dojo reminders. Okay. Dojo reminders. Yeah, Class Dojo. It's a, a school app for kids. It's a way oh. to communicate with your kids' school, or as a teacher, communicate with the parents. Oh, I thought it was in like you belong to a dojo and you can kick. Wouldn't that be ass. great? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, hang on one second. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, while you're doing that, I'm just going to do the. I guess the official intro that this is another episode. <laughs> Do we have an intro? <laughs> no, it's we I see I really like this loose nature of just starting mid conversation. It's um if you ever listen to it used to be the Nerdist podcast, but now I forget what it's called. Chris Hardwick's podcast. Um he doesn't really do intros. Like he literally just starts into the conversation with his guest. So, and I kind of dig it. So I'm, I'm thinking we're just going to do the same thing last week for the official premiere. It was the same way. It was just kind of in the middle of the conversation. And then we mentioned it's the movie swap podcast. Oh, is that what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> As part of Wilhelm. Mm hmm. This Wilhelm. is a, on a very special episode. <laughs> Wilhelmpodcast.com. Get the plug in now. Uh, but yeah. So we have our homework for this week. Yes. Uh, we have our assignments that we were given last week, plus our the assignments we're going to give for next episode. But we'll get I already to that. got that all queued up. I've I've got mine as well. Um, and I'll tell we'll you, get... Danny chose it. Ooh. I'm curious. She was well, I, outraged. She was outraged that it, this movie was on your have not seen list. So really? Ooh, I'm very yes. curious. Um, <laughs> oh, you have to wait. I think I know what it is. I think I know what it is already, but we'll wait until we get to. The okay. End. I want you to, when we get to the end, I want you to guess it then. Okay. All right. When we get to the end, I'll guess. Cause I have mine as well. Um, but as for our assignments this week, uh, what was your homework assignment from me? Last week. The 2010 <laughs> Scott Pilgrim versus the world. <laughs> uh, which you just starring watched. Michael Sarah and Kieran Culkin and Anna Kendrick and Brie Larson and Chris Evans and Mae Whitman and the girl who's going to play Sabine on Ahsoka and Mary Elizabeth. Winstead. Jason, hang, hang on. And Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> And I think that's all I can remember. And uh, Brandon Routh. And oh, Thomas, yeah, Superman. And, and Thomas Jane. And and Chris Evans. And Aubrey Plaza. And Oh, and Aubrey Plaza, yep. Yeah, Danny walked in and sat down. She goes, is that April Ludgate? <laughs> <laughs> and she's totally April Ludgate in the yes. movie. Too. I've noticed that she plays different versions of April Ludgate in anything that she does. Pretty much. Uh, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, though, what did you think of Scott Pilgrim versus the world? Okay. So. This better not be another Ready Player One situation. No, I'll be very disappointed. Not. Okay. In the beginning, I hated it because I <laughs> could not understand what the <laughs> F I was watching. <laughs> 
Because it was like part video game, part Battle of the Bands, part fever dream of some sort. But then once I kind of got the tone of it, and this was by the time Vegan Academy came in, <laughs> then I I settled down and I started to have fun with the movie. So by the end of it, I was smiling and I thought, okay, I get it. This, this was a fun movie and I'll definitely watch it again. Um, but the... But up until Vegan Academy, I was like, what did Ben do here? <laughs> so it was like one of those half and half. And I was literally freaking out in the first half of the movie because I'm like, I can't go on and say I hate it. I can't go on and say I hate it. <laughs> well, you can. I mean, that's the point. Like if you hate, if you if you legitimately don't like a movie, I hope you would tell me that you didn't like it rather than lie. Well, you know how often I have held back with you, so... Which I don't think I think I can count Never. on one hand. Yeah, it, Never. exactly. <laughs> I can count on one finger, and that's too much. Um, yeah, it's look, it's Ed, it's Edgar Wright, so it has a style. It reminded me of Into the Spider Verse or or Mitchell versus the Machines. Like it had like the boom and the pow, mm-hmm. and like you know the hearts coming out and stuff like that. Like it was very like the animated parts. I really enjoyed. Um, I loved the fights. I like. I read on. I read in the trivia on IMDb that um, that I guess the intention of the movie was to make it a musical, but instead of music, it's fights. And so once I got that too, I was uh, like, okay, I get it. I'm well, into Ed- it. And Edgar Wright is is kind of known for that as well. It's. I mean, if you've ever if you've seen Shaun of the Dead, there's a whole scene in Shaun of the Dead where they're basically beating on a zombie to don't stop me now. I love, I love Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. And then if you've ever seen baby driver, which is another Edgar Wright movie. Oh, really? I'm adding that to the list of potential homework. <laughs> don't watch it yet. Cause it will be your homework assignment. I'm not going to watch you, it. Don't watch it. I'm, I'm not going to give you two Edgar Wrights in a row. Um, Thank you. But uh, I'll space it out. I'll give you baby driver a little bit later. Uh, baby driver is if you take that scene of Shaun of the dead where they're beating on the zombie to don't stop me now make that the entire movie literally the entire movie is done to the soundtrack footsteps are to the beat of music people tapping on a table is done to the rhythm of the music in the background like it's the driving is all done it's all synchronized to the music of the soundtrack so Edgar See, is big I, yeah Edgar yeah, is big totally- into things like that I totally get that. And that's, that's very cool. Um, you know, it just took a minute for me to like settle into it, but I loved Chris Evans in the movie. <laughs> Any single time that I get to see Captain America, I am a okay. But I will tell you that I had a really big, cause I was like, Oh, Brie Larson is in this. And then I saw Ramona flowers and I'm like, is that Brie Larson? And I was like, no, that's not Brie Larson wait, is it Brie Larson? (laughs) And so I had to go to IMDb, which is why I even opened up IMDb because it was going to bother me the whole movie. Uh And it it said that Ramona Flowers was played by somebody else. I go, well, then who's Brie Larson? And I saw that it was Scott Pilgrim's ex, um, Envy. And when they were next to each other in the movie, I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. They look a lot alike with like their wigs and their, and their face and everything like that. Like, and I, I hope that that was on purpose to have like his his ex and his like new girlfriend mm-hmm. look exactly alike because you know everybody has a type I guess I think I think it was done intentionally because you're right when they're done if you see the two characters outside of the makeup they look completely different you can very right. easily tell the two apart but yeah I mean it is kind of difficult to tell the two apart because they do have a lot of similarities. In, a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm just glad that I wasn't crazy and that when they were next to each other, I was like, okay, they really do look alike. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 one of those. And like you, we went through the whole lineup of all the people that are in this movie. And with the exception at the time this movie was made, which you mentioned was 2010. This is pre Captain America for for. um for Chris, for Chris Evans, post I think Fantastic Four though, it's post Fantastic Four, but he didn't really get a really major jump start until Captain America. Well, it's a good jump start. He he still he was still kind of a little under the radar. He had done Fantastic Four, he had done the Losers, 
Um, and Push was another movie that he had done. But like Captain America was really when Chris Evans got noticed, like big notice. So this was even so Scott Pilgrim was even before that. And if you look at the cast of people that are in this movie, there's a ton. But if you look at the time that the movie was made, the only two stars at the time, Michael, Sarah, Michael, Sarah and Anna Kendrick. Actually, I don't even think Anna Kendrick was that big at the time. Um, you want to know my who my favorite character was in the whole movie? Who made the movie for me? And I would have turned it off in the first half if if this character wasn't there. Um, let me hold on. There's so many great characters in this. No, movie. no, this one's the best one. Um, okay, so it has to be somebody who was in the entire movie, right? It is. It's somebody that was. Oh in yeah, the yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm going to say, oh, man, I'm going to I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say, Kim. No, Wallace. Oh. Well, OK, time. Wallace is a great Culkin character. is fantastic in this movie. He is the unsung hero of this movie. He's the reason why the movie is wonderful i love it that he just wakes up with a different dude in bed with him sometimes every morning. sometimes more than one and <laughs> and scott pilgrim's right next to him yeah. i love the fact that he's like dude i'm gonna need my bed tonight to myself it's for sex <laughs> i love i love the one scene where like when scott comes in and he turns the light on and you hear him scream and he's like you may have seen mandong <laughs> <laughs> I really, really, I love it that he was stalking Lucas Lee. I love it that he was just like so, uh, so blase about it. You know, he's just on the movie set and Ramona Flowers is like, how's the stalking going? He's like, pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's Something to the effect of that. But he was the best part of the movie. I like it that he took Anna Kendrick's boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When he steals, when he steals her, uh, he steals her boyfriend, Jimmy. Yeah. I, I like, he's so God, you're really, he, you're right. He kind of really is the unsung hero of the, of the movie because he's the one that encourages Scott to pursue go for the Ra final battle, to pursue Ramona to go to the final battle. Right. Um, you know, yeah, it's just, there's so many great characters in this movie though, that I really don't know if I can pick a favorite. Cause I do, I do Wallace like this. My favorite. I do he like had monogrammed robe. He had a monogrammed robe. <laughs> I do like Kim. I think Kim is just a fun character. Um, obviously, my crush on Anna Kendrick makes me love Stacy. Um, the the scene in the coffee shop when when uh, uh, Julie is cursing and she has the black bar over her mouth and her voice <laughs> yeah. gets garbled and he's just yeah. like, "How are you doing that with your mouth?" It's there's so many meta moments in the movie mm -hmm. and there's so many quotable lines from the movie. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to see it more than once for sure. And I didn't really understand that they were numbering off the league of the mm -hmm. seven until number three. Yeah. Until, v until vegan Academy. <laughs> it's, it's very nonchalant until you kind of watch the movie a second time and you notice the numbers. Right. You're right. When, um, when she's fate, when he goes in and they're facing, oh God, what's Brandon Routh's character's name? Um, Vegan. I can't remember. It's, yeah, he's got the three on his shirt, which is very yeah. clear. When they go into the club and there's the four, it's the four club. Right. Um, yeah, the, the numbers are kind of hidden there in the beginning and then they come a little bit more apparent as you go through the movie. But for somebody, so like our friend Pake, this is his favorite movie of all time like really so when Pake and i speak we quote scott pilgrim a lot oh that's so funny like like the whole you you keep mentioning brandon ralph as vegan um his name was todd todd that's it um todd that's, ingram yeah, that's right uh when we're <laughs> i can't tell you how many times the line chicken is a vegan has come up between me and Pake or me and Jerry, or me and my friend Chris from college, because these are all three people that love this movie. <laughs> Gelato isn't vegan? Milk and eggs, bitch. 
Like it's <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's there's so many great lines in this movie that it's so quotable. It you know what, and I can totally see that. I can see how this is a movie that gets better with many watches. Mm-hmm. You know, because the first time you watch it, I I don't know the first like when I watched it, I was just caught off guard. Um, which I think maybe is the point if you're not familiar with the style of the director. Um, well, it's also based on a graphic novel. Yes, I do know that. Okay. That much I do know. Um, you know, I, I knew it was going to be like a quirky, weird movie, but it was like a quirky, weird movie in like this fantastical over the top <laughs> way. <laughs> so I'm no, I'm really glad that I didn't turn it off. I'm, I thought it was really fun by the end. Um, I love the fact that Knives Cho came in clutch there at the end. Yeah. Um, and I'm really glad that he didn't end up with her too, because when Ramona starts walking away and he's, and he's with knives, I'm like, Ugh. and that was going to, that was a question I was going to ask you too, because it's, <clears throat> there is, there are people online who say he should have just stayed with knives. And I'm like, no, she's way too young for Scott. Like she has some growing up to do. So I was going to ask you like, who do you think he should have ended up with at the end? Personally, I think he should have just walked off by himself because he had some self exploration to do. And the whole, well, because listen, all the fighting in the very end, it was, he had to fight himself, right? He had to ultimately come to terms with who he is. And he, and instead of fighting himself, he befriended himself, right? When he did the solo battle. Yeah. So I thought it would have, I thought it would have actually been like a cooler ending if everybody went like separately because he was finally okay with himself and he can like maybe even have like a mature life, maybe not share a bed with his roommate and, you know, maybe get a job and have normal adult relationships. But, you know, I mean, it's a graphic novel, right? So, and it's not, if it was, if it was like Samantha Pilgrim versus the world, I think that it would have been, uh, the female character would have walked off by herself because she's like, I'm good by myself. And I think it would have been okay to do that with a male character too, but maybe it just wasn't the time to do something like that. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that you need to be coupled up to to be happy or to find self-fulfillment. I agree with that. I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, this was a... Um this was a movie that I remember, like I missed it in theaters. I, I didn't see it when it first released in theaters. And then I caught the trailer for it and I ended up watching it on demand. And I was like, how did I miss this movie? Like this movie is because uh, I loved it <clears throat> so much so that post pandemic, one of the first movies that came back to theaters was an anniversary cut was a 10th anniversary of Ooh. Scott Pilgrim. And they re-released right. it in theaters with like, like two minutes of additional footage and completely redone in Dolby sound, which was amazing. I can see how Dolby sound would be phenomenal with this movie. The base battle between him and Todd was just like, it was so cool hearing it. I thought you were going to talk about the Yamaguchi twins or whatever they're called. Well, that scene that complete douchebags, (laughs) like they weren't even playing music. They were just like, Bong. Yeah, they were just doing synth I was like, sounds. Ooh, I wonder if like the Yamaguchi twins are gonna be like Kaganati. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. But I thought maybe it was gonna be like a surprise, like Daft Punk was gonna come up, you know, and just start like wailing. Uh-huh. And I would, I got really excited about the potential for Daft Punk. So when I actually saw that they were just two douchebag actors, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, t- I got excited over nothing. <laughs> um, but when I, I remember the first time I saw the movie, going back to what you were talking about at the end with Scott Pilgrim walking off, like I remember like the after the whole battle with Gideon, which is fantastic. Because we didn't yes. even mention Jason Schwartzman. At, Who when we I don't to usually enjoy, and I really, really liked him in this. Yeah, he's well, because he's purposely a douche. Like the whole scene when he's on his knees right before, uh, right before Scott kicks him in the face, he's like, "Do you know how long it took me to put this list together? Two hours. Two hours. <laughs> I had to get all their contact information. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like you're like you deserve to be kicked in the face. Like this is like he's a guy that totally deserves it. But I remember at the end, 
when they set up Negascott and you see Negascott come in the frame, I was like, right. are we still getting one more battle? And then it ends with the two of them walking out laughing, making plans for brunch. See, and I thought that that was just such <laughs> like, a yep. nice, like, because he's conquered his fears. He's conquered himself. He's like, it was a, it was more, it wasn't about him getting the girl. It was really about like Scott Pilgrim kind of finding out who he is. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that, that was really cool um, to have like an underlying message there, but man, it just would have been so much better if he walked off by himself. I I get it. I totally get it. Um, I'm still a. I'm still a fan of the way it ended, though. Oh, no, it wasn't a bad ending. I mean, if he had ended up with Knives Cho, it would have been, you know, like Mm. it wouldn't have made sense. Um, So, I mean, if he had if if it was the option of her or Ramona, obviously Ramona is the choice. But, you know, I wonder if this movie came out in 2023 um, and not 2010, if he would have walked up walked out by himself. I don't, I don't know. I think it probably would have ended the same purely because it is based on the graphic novel, graphic novel and that, and they end up together. Yes. Yeah. So I think they would have kept the ending the same way. Um, only because it's the source material. Right. Right. Well, and since there's source material, I totally understand. I totally Mm -hmm. get it. Uh, now there is a, there actually is, and I know you are a PlayStation owner now, so... Uh, I have a PS5 because I am a big deal. Um, there is a Scott Pilgrim video game out now. Where you, um, like... It's a, it's, a bra- it's a brawler. It's You just yeah. go through levels just beating people so up. So it's supposed and- to be like Mortal Kombat, right? No, because Mortal Kombat's more one-on-one based. Like, you take on one person, and then you move on to the next person. Right. This is... It's all... Scott Pilgrim is level based. It's kind of like if you remember the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game or the Simpsons game arcade game from like the 90s. No. Oh, buddy. You go through levels beating (laughs) people up and then you get to the boss and the boss is one of the X's. Okay. Um, uh, So there there is a video game on it. It's a side scroller brawler and it's fantastic. Uh, I think it's only maybe like 15 bucks on PlayStation. Uh, on Steam for PC, it's only five. It's on sale right now. Um, and uh, Netflix actually has, there is an animated series coming out next anime. year. Anime. Anime series yeah. of Scott Pilgrim versus the I'm World. I'm sure anime oh, no. fans would like everybody to know it's anime and not animation. It's not right? Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It's just Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I saw that in Michael Sarah's yeah. upcoming Untitled Scott Pilgrim anime series. Oh, it's the entire cast from the movie is coming back to voice their characters. Including Captain America? Yes, including Chris well, Evans. I'm in. Um, and during the pandemic, if you, this is something you could probably look forward to because I, I had a blast watching it. Um, during the pandemic, when a lot of people were doing virtual script readings, uh, Edgar Wright did get the entire cast together to do a script reading of Scott Pilgrim virtually. Oh, wow. And it is on YouTube. You can watch them do the script read of like on their little cameras and everything. Everybody's on Zoom. Everybody's got their headphones in and their pajamas on and their glasses. (laughs) Yeah. Their actor glasses. And everybody was there. Uh, Well, no, not everybody. I think there was one or two people that weren't there uh, because Brandon Ralph, I think, ended up staying on after his character already dies um, so that he could read another part. But Chris Evans, Chris Evans came in for a little That's bit because everybody was super busy during the during quarantine. <laughs> he just, my, I'm sorry, I'm just so busy, I can't possibly make it. I can't, I can't remember who was there. I bet you it was Jason Schwartzman. Um. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he strikes me as somebody that would be like, "No, nah, I'm good, thanks." It might have been. I, no, I don't know. Let me see. It was the virtual live read. Let's see. I see. I see Allison Pill, Michael Sarah, Brandon Routh. No, Jason Schwartzman's in there. Okay. Sorry, Jason Schwartzman. Aubrey Plaza, Knives. So Knives Chow, Kier. Oh, wait. I don't see Kieran. Oh, Kieran Culkin. You're yeah. the best part of the movie. I don't He's see. The best part of the I don't movie. see Kieran. I think Kieran was. Well, wasn't that's there. disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was done for charity. Um, I because I'm reading the article now. Well, then that's was... really disappointing, Kieran Culkin. 
Oh, wait a minute. No, hold on. Participating talent, including stars, Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Chris Evans, Aubrey Plaza, Ellen Wong, Kieran Culkin, Mark Weber, Johnny Simmons, Allison Pill, Mae Whitman, Brandon Routh, and Jason Schwartzman. So it was everybody. I think it was pretty much everybody. I thought for some reason there was somebody not there. Was it Ramona Flowers? Did you say her name? Mary Elizabeth Winstead was there. And you had said Brie Larson's name? Um... I did not say Brie Larson's name. So Brie Larson was one of the people that was not there. We've cracked the code. Somebody did read for her, though, and I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I can't remember. (laughs) Maybe it was Brandon Ralph. I don't know. (laughs) That would have been awesome. (laughs) That would have been hysterical. (laughs) Actually, I I would have watched that for sure. Well, I don't know if it was him though, because it was he was in the same scenes with her, so it might not. Have yeah, been but him. wouldn't it have been really fun if everybody just read for a different character? Like everybody just pulled a like a random name out of the hat, and then they all had to play different characters. Yeah, hasn't that happened <laughs> yeah. before? Uh, I don't know, but it sounds like something that should be done. I can tell you too. Um, a, a little bit of a personal story. I so the first time I've met Brandon Routh a couple of times, um, but the first time I met him was backstage before I got ready to do a panel with him. Uh, he was doing a Legends of Tomorrow panel because he was playing uh, uh, playing the Adam on Legends of Tomorrow, so he was playing a DC character. So it was him and a bunch of other actors that were on on that show. And before we went out there and I introduced myself to Brandon and we were kind of all kind of conversing a little bit, I pulled Brandon aside. I was like, I just want to tell you, I don't know if this is going to come up on the panel because everybody's here to talk Legends of Tomorrow, but I just want to let you know, I fucking adore Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I was like, and your character is like, I said, I quote your character all the time and the smile and the smile on his face, like he lit up when I told him that. And that yeah. alone told me how much he enjoyed. Right. Oh, that that movie. movie looked like it was a lot of fun to to make, for sure. And I and I also read in the trivia that um Sex Babom. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um Babom. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um they all had to learn their instruments, but Michael Sarah actually had to dumb down his bass playing <laughs> yeah. because he's because he already plays. Uh-huh. So I thought that that was an interesting little piece of trivia as well. And, and I forget who it is too, but the person who wrote the music is pretty well known as well. Um, I'm trying. I'm going to look it up. Well, while you look that up. I really enjoyed the lead singer guitarist of Sex Bobomb. <laughs> like how stressed out he was the entire time about Battle of the Bands was hilarious. He was like this self-torturing like like musician that, you know, if you know anything about musicians, it's pretty spot on. It's it's exaggerated, but it is still very spot on <laughs> with the insecurity of most uh magicians, musicians. Yeah, yeah Steven Stills. Oh, he wrote um, the. Oh, he was. That's the. the that's that. That's the character. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but I. But I looked it up. The guy that wrote the music, uh, including the bass riffs and everything, uh, used to be um, in Radiohead. Ah, that's why there's a real Radiohead sounding song at the end during mm-hmm. the credits. Yeah, I am not a Radiohead fan at all. I like Radiohead. They're like our generation's Pink Floyd, and I don't really like Pink Floyd that much. It's just the, it's the kind of music where you can't really jam out to it because you're just like, <laughs> like that's the music. That's it. You you heard it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, because you're right because the song Ramona at the end is yes, very, that's what it is. Is very similar to Karma Police from Radiohead. If I didn't hear. The words Ramona, I would have thought it was a Radiohead song. Well, because it kind of it is. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's there's, so, but again, there's so many great quotable lines from this movie. Um, I, I, just out of the blue, every once in a while, you'll hear he punched the highlights out of her hair. <laughs> <laughs> I kept waiting for him to like snap out of that movie like and he'll he's just back in in that room on his bass guitar like he just had like some weird fever dream (laughs) during the whole thing so you know it it was a really fun movie i i was 
very confused the first like 30% of the movie. Kieran Culkin kept me invested and then I ended up really, really enjoying really it. Really enjoying end. the movie. Yeah. That, that, um, even, like even like there's certain moments of the movie where like I, I mentioned a couple times already how quotable the movie is, but there's a couple things in the movie that always stand out like because they always put the graphics up like you mentioned the BAMs and all that stuff. But every once in a while, there's like there's the decision. <laughs> there's the moment where they're in the bar and Ramona comes out of the bathroom and Knives is following behind and Scott sees it and he gets the gauge above his head and it's, mm-hmm. I have to pee or I have, to, or, or I have to see her and it ends up in the middle and he ends up saying, I have, I have to, to pee, pee on, on her. her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did notice that. I like that because it's, that's so what we do inside of our brains yeah. anyways. Like, what do I say? What do I say? Oh, I'm just going to say the worst possible thing. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> and then my, my other favorite one is with Brandon Routh, with Todd, when him and Brie Larson are on the couch after he punched knives. And she says, you're incorrigible. He's like, I don't know the meaning of the word. And it pops up. He really doesn't. He really doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I Yeah. I, like I said, multiple watches. This It's a kind of fun. It's the kind of movie that gets funnier with multiple yes, watches. I ag- yeah. I agree with that completely. It is yeah. it's it's going to take you at least one more watch to kind of maybe appreciate the movie a little bit more. Mhm. Yeah. So. But I'm glad yeah. you I'm glad you at least enjoyed it by the end. I did. I did. And I know that the second time I see the movie I'll enjoy it even more and the third time I see the movie I'll love it. Yeah. Cuz that's that- that's kind of how those kinds of movies go. Yeah. You know, and I've seen that movie so many times and there are times I've seen it so much and I still laugh at it. I mean, Oh, I can, I can see laughing at it harder as, as you watch. Yeah. More. And then there are the first time, the first time I'm just trying to figure out, okay, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, (laughs) (laughs) and then there, and then there are a couple moments in the movie that I feel I'm like, I should be offended, but I'm not. Like the scene where Knives is dying her hair and she's with her friend and she's like, she's so old. She's probably like 25. And I'm like, <laughs> I should be offended by this, <laughs> but I, I'm not. Yeah, but she's 17. She's a child. Yeah, it's just teenage angst. That's all it really is. I, th- I thought people who were in their 40s were old when I was 17. You should try being in your 40s and being a middle school teacher where they openly talk about how old <laughs> 40s are. Makes you feel like you should retire now. I have no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> and then I tell them, I go, you know, I'm 42. And like, I blow their minds because I don't look 42 at I, all. I've gotten that a number of times, too, because I'm 43. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I tell people that they're like, you do not look 43. Right. And I'm like, thanks. Right. Yeah. I I intend on using that to my advantage as mm-hmm. I get older. Me, too. Exactly. I do. So uh, let's, I, and I certainly don't behave like I'm 43. No, neither of us do. No. No. We're, uh, we're children, really. I, but I guess we need to shift into my homework, huh? Yes. Let's go into your movie. Because uh, I am interested because I never I never tell people about this movie. So. Okay. Uh, so my homework was, and thankfully I had it. Because I asked you for it. <laughs> and it is an because inc- even that, it is an incredibly hard movie to find. I know. So after this discussion, I apologize to anybody listening who might want to go watch it because you're not going to be able to. <laughs> Short <laughs> of going on Amazon and buying a DVD of it. I know. I know. You cannot find this. It is not streaming anywhere. Nope. Um, but that said. Uh, you I've gave had it, me... Wait, hang on. I've yeah. had it. I've owned it twice, and it's been stolen from me twice. Because you can't find it. Because <laughs> you can't find it. Yep. Anyways, so yeah. what did you think? So the movie you gave me was a 2002 TV movie, uh, HBO Films. HBO. It was <laughs> HBO, man. It wasn't like FX or something. But it was, it w- it was still considered a TV movie yeah. Oh, yeah, at yeah, the yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, live from Baghdad. Yep. With Michael Keaton, Helena Bonham Carter. There are so many people in this movie. 
right? Michael Michael Cutlets is in this Yay! movie. Yeah, Hamish Linkletter is in this movie. I I was there's so many people in this movie that I was like, oh, I know him, I know him, I know her. Like I the whole movie. But I want to start off the discussion by saying this: I enjoy her as an actress, but thank you for giving me a movie where I absolutely loved. Helena Bottom Carter. It's her best role, in my it opinion. Really is. She's so good when she's not being weird. She's herself, right? In this movie, and it, she's awesome. Yes, she is fantastic in this movie. Um, so much so that like, <clears throat> and and Michael Keaton, like it's, he's fucking. He's Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. He's always great. He's he's always fantastic. He's Robert but, Wiener. Don't call him Dick. <laughs> I, I love. I love later on when he's talking to Hamish Linkletter's character, and they do that whole thing, like the whole "Don't call Richard me Dick." Roth, introduction. Don't call me Dick. Yeah. Robert Wiener, don't call me Dick either. And then at the end, when they're saying goodbye to each other, he's like, "See you later, Dick." And he's like, "Don't call me Dick." All right, see you, Dick. Don't call me Dick. <laughs> but uh, so, like, so much, like, I, I, so. The, the ultimate summary is I really enjoyed this movie. It okay. was um, so a little bit of backstory is that, that I don't think I, I don't I never told you this. So this is oh. why I actually enjoyed this movie before. I remember in middle school and in high school when they were teaching us about past wars and stuff like that, um, seeing like newspaper clippings like I always thought it was so cool like going to the library or going to the museum and seeing like old newspapers from wars and things like that so much so that when desert storm was about to happen when all of this like with Iraq and everything was about to happen I started saving newspapers Oh, cool. Before the war even started like once all of this I was mature enough to realize something was happening it's probably going to be important to history. So I started saving local newspapers so much so where I had like three full cardboard boxes of them. I did that with Kobe Ryan articles. <laughs> now I don't have any of those papers because they were, we'll call them in lost in the separation of myself and my father. Mm. So when I moved out, they were all still at his house uh, along with a bunch of other belongings. I've still never gotten back in 20 plus years. No, you won't. Um, and no, those newspapers are long since recycled. They've been kindling for a while. Yeah. Kindling yeah. or recycled. Like they're, right. he, he got rid of them. Like he saw them. He's like, what are these, fuck are these boxes of newspapers? It's now notebook paper. Yeah. So, which, <laughs> which really sucks. Cause I wish I would have at least had some of them. Totally agree. You know, um, but that being said, it was really cool seeing because at the time, like I said, I was mature enough to know that something was happening, mm -hmm. but I didn't know to the fullest extent of it. I didn't know anything about CNN. I didn't know anything about these reporters being in Baghdad. So to actually be older and hear this whole story, I can appreciate it so much more right. everything that these people went through what this meant to the network what this meant to americans like all of For it 24 hour news yeah yeah and i think it's one of the reasons why i actually really loved oppenheimer as much as i did is because i'm old enough now to and mature enough to kind of understand everything that happened mm -hmm. not just from the history perspective but from the uh the moral perspectives behind it Everything. So mm -hmm. I think giving me this movie on the tale of seeing Oppenheimer was oh, kind cool. of actually yeah. a good point to give it to me. Okay. Because I'm in that state of mind now where I'm right. like, oh, I want to know kind of more about all these other events mm -hmm. that have kind of happened because I want to I want to dig deeper. Yeah. I mean, the best part about that movie is just like you see especially watching it in 2023, right? You see how hard it used to be to get information. Like the fact that they had that, that they had so much trouble getting the four wire, right? That's something that wouldn't be a big deal now mm -hmm. because everybody has instant access on their phones or, you know, whatever. Like, but, like satellite telephones and yeah. Right. And, and all of and that. Like what a big deal it was to get, to go through the ministry of information to, Develop that relationship with Naji, which I love that relationship between Robert Weiner and Naji. I think that yeah. you know, without that, 
um, Naji Al Hadithi. It's Hadithi. How did you um, know how to pronounce my name properly? <laughs> <laughs> I just love like the whole evolution of their relationship and um, how they kind of they were the kind of the backdrop to what was going on with well, the war. Yeah, which, and I and I love the fact not, something and not to cut you off, but like I one of the oh. things I really liked about it was that you saw all these different agencies in there, like ABC and NBC and all these other agencies. That the were ABC there. guy made me laugh throughout the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> um, but what I liked about the relationship between Najee and and Robert was the fact that these were two men who kind of knew what was on the premises of happening. They knew what was at stake. They knew what was at stake. Even like that whole conversation about it's like, we have to keep them talking because once the talking stops, the bombs drop, the bombs drop. Like I, like that whole scene with the two of them, I was like, these two know what, like you said, these two know what is at stake. Um, That's a great scene, by the way. It's like, they're both so intense, you know, and they both are like, they both, hate each other in the moment, but they also know that they need each other in the moment and they respect the hell out of each other in the moment. Like all of that is happening in that one scene. And it's, it's just to me to, for it to be an HBO movie, it's so dynamic. It's so good. I love this movie so much, but go ahead keep talking. (laughs) So I want to, I want to kind of take a back step to the beginning because we did mention how hard this movie is to find. It's not streaming anywhere. So there might be a number of listeners who have never seen this movie or even heard about this movie. So I kind of just want to summarize the plot real quick. Oh yeah. 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 um, Cause we didn't really do that. So this is back from early nineties before I think pre desert storm. Like this is right on the cusp of desert storm. 1991. Yeah. This is like on the cusp of desert storm before about to happen. Saddam Hussein's role in Iraq and, and like his overtaking of Kuwait and, and all of that. And this is the story of pre-CNN as we know it now. They were a brand new network. Um, they were So they sent this group of reporters into Iraq to report on everything that is happening. Um, they're, they're trying to get the interview with Saddam, which they end up getting. And it leads to ultimately by the end, they know they've hit a deadline. There's, they're on the cusp of war that could potentially happen with the bombs dropping in Baghdad, which is where they are. They are walking distance from all these military targets and they decide to stay. And which everything leading up to that moment and then the mm-hmm. aftermath during that moment and the aftermath of that moment, which was intense. That whole scene when they're all in the bomb shelter, but the reporters are still up there and they're reporting yeah. and they're reporting through the four wire and, um, Oh no! Oh no! What was the character's name? Who Bernard Shaw? No, no, no. Oh, um, not Bernard Shaw. Not the British guy. The third one. Oh, the guy that plays Drew Carey's brother in. Uh, um, he was like the bumbling idiot of the three um, reporters. Y- yeah, and for life of me, I can't think of his name either. That's okay. I know the actor because he's actually in an episode of Fear the Walking Dead. Um, oh, okay. John Carr, uh, uh, John, John Holloman. Thank you. John yes. Holloman. That's yeah. right. When he goes and he's like, he goes, I'm going to, he goes, good morning or good morning rather. And he's like stepping up to the window. I'm like, what are you doing? You <laughs> asshole. And then he gets blown back to, yes. to the bag. He goes, I'm going to stay away from the window now. I'm like, Oh, Captain obvious. Good job, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John Carroll Lynch is the actor. Um, he, a, another recognizable face, you know, did from, you, uh, Notice who the sound guy was, where you've seen him before. The sound guy, or the not the sound guy, or the sound guy, the cameraman. No, should I have known him? He was one of the three campers from Blair Witch Trial or Blair Witch Project. Oh, I don't, I don't remember that movie enough to to have recognized. I was just coming off of having seen it because it was a 1999 movie, I think, and 2002 or 2001 or 2002 is when Live from Baghdad came out. Um, so it was easier for me to make that connection <clears throat> at the time. I got more excited in the beginning of the movie seeing Agent Coulson. Yes, I know. Because Clark, and he's Clark so Gregg young. is in this movie, yeah. He's so young in the movie, too. And he's he plays a CNN guy back at headquarters. Yep. But, you know, the, the basic premise of the movie is that it's about the birth of the 24-hour news network. Because yes. CNN was nothing. It was nothing. 
Um, they and were this, a small, this, tiny this little made, network. Yeah, this made CNN. Yeah, this well, is it the was event just that like made um, CNN. It was just like what the ABC guy said. He goes, he said, "You own this war." Yep. But yeah, like it was the movie was intense. The whole everything happening during the bombing of Baghdad was crazy and set a great crazy. I thought the guy that portrayed Bernard Shaw was amazing. Yes, very much so. Um, the scene, the whole, the whole lead up and the scene where they're, um, where they're interviewing Saddam Hussein was also like, they really did a good job at building the intensity of Saddam Hussein walking into the room well, to do I, an interview. And I loved too, that they never showed Saddam Hussein. They never showed the actor portraying Saddam so that right. they could use actual footage from the yep. interview. Right. Instead of having somebody portray Saddam. Well, and they did a good job with whoever the eyes were because the eyes looked a lot like Saddam Hussein anyways. There, so I, I, I didn't look at, I didn't look into this and I, I really should. There is an actor out there who does look like Saddam, like he, because he has portrayed Saddam in parodies. What a terrible person to look like I, I know i know well i think i think it was done i think like hey, you look like hitler you want to go i don't think he looks like that naturally but i think like if they put the hair on him and the facial right. hair like then he he actually like resembles saddam so i'm almost wondering if maybe they got that actor just to be in that scene just to show his eyes so i'd have to oh, look maybe. into it to see if it was him um but like even though like as intense as this movie was there were still moments of levity Yes. Um, Because there were still a number of moments that made me laugh. Like even during the bombing, like once the bombing was over, there's that scene with Bernard Shaw talking on the four line at the window. And you can tell he's just mentally and physically (laughs) exhausted. And he starts talking about like having like he if he were home right now, he'd probably be enjoying a turkey sandwich. And then the other guy with a little comes bit of mayo. With a little bit of mayo. <laughs> and then the other guy comes in and takes over for him. And when they sign off, he's like, what the hell was I talking about? A turkey sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> like, like there's this, there's these moments of levity because you have you have to probably figure in moments like this that are that intense, you have to find ways to kind of lift your spirits. Yeah. There are mo- there are things that are just gonna make you laugh because you're How so about stressed. Richard Roth and all his tuna. <laughs> he had like a hundred cans of tuna. I'm not a fan of Iraqi cuisine. Yeah. <laughs> he starts yeah. stacking all the tuna in the bathroom of all places. Well, you know, that's where you need your food, I guess. Yeah. But it, you know, there was like little pockets of that, you know. Um the the cameraman, and now his name is escaping me. Hang on. It was, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Uh, Mark, Mark Biello, that was his name, Mark Biello. Okay. Uh, every single time you saw him, he had another rug yeah. under his arm. <laughs> yes. He just seemed to be collecting rugs just wherever he could. Well, that and that was like another thing too, because like it's it's kind of you you mentioned the guy from from ABC, which is uh Kurt Fuller is the is the actor that plays him. And in the beginning of the movie, Keaton, like Robert Wiener asks him, he's like, Where'd you get that rug? He's like, Oh, don't worry, you'll get a rug. You'll get a rug. <laughs> And then throughout the rest of the movie, you just see the cameraman is just constantly getting more and more rugs as he's going through. And it's just there's little things like that. Like, it is definitely a movie that I will watch again. Oh, good. Because I I did. Because it's very it's very fast paced. Yes. Like from start to finish. Well, actually, it it kind of slows down at the end. Like it's fast paced leading up to the bombing. And then the bombing almost kind of goes in real time. Like, yeah, it, oh, it, yeah. it slows mm-hmm. down for that because they well, want you to see that's the, the main story right there. Yeah. You well, know, they, want, they what... want you to experience the intensity that they went through. They don't want to push right. through that. Right. I completely agree with that. How I, the reason why I think the movie really works when it all comes down to it is the chemistry between uh, Michael Keaton and Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. I was really surprised at how these two very different actors had so much chemistry. Yeah, because, well, I mean, you say very different actors, but they... Oh, he's Beetlejuice. Yeah, I was just going to say, they've both worked with Burton. Interesting. Well, so, she was married to him. She was married to Burton, yeah, for, right. for, a, for an amount of time. I totally forgot that he was... Oh, and he was Batman. 
And he's going to be Beetlejuice again. Well, didn't Tim Burton do the first yes, Batman he, movie? He did the first two. Okay, so. Yeah. So they've so now they've, it's not so random. Yeah, I don't know they, why I didn't put that together till right now. They had the relationship already, or at least probably the friendship. Mm-hmm. So they the knew trust. I would I would assume they probably knew each other going into this role because I love of that they Keaton were both alcoholics. I actually really enjoyed the fact that they never got together. Yes. And it I, seemed to be her that maybe stopped it all the time because he looks like somebody that just wanted nothing more than to like live inside of her basically. Yeah. And well, yeah. And, and cause like, as he mentions a couple Not in a weird sexual way. No, no, I just, knew what you meant. Okay. Yeah. I knew what you meant. Um, but yeah, like he, he mentions like how he's married. He has two kids at home. Like he's got a wife and kids at home. Cause there is that scene where he's like, we've gotten drunk and passed out a number of times. Like, have we ever? And she's like, no, like, we- I like it that he's like, I've had dreams. <laughs> And he's like, well, you know, everybody thinks we did. And she's like, well, screw him. Yeah, she doesn't you know, care. I, I like the fact that, you know, because he does. You can tell throughout the movie he does confide in her. Um, there's definitely a mutual respect. They care about one another because I love there's how love I, there. There's yeah. love there. It's just not romantic love. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and I like how at the end of the movie, when right before the bombing's about to happen, like that conversation between the two of them when he says like, I want you to stay, but I'm asking you to go. She's like, I was leaving. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was planning on leaving. Yeah. She goes, mm. when she says goodbye to him though, and she doesn't look back and she just puts her hand up to wave. Like you can feel the anguish in her as she's walking away. Like those two just, they, it, it's like, they're like, you know, the same, they're like these two twisted branches that have just gnarled together and, they just can't come apart. Yeah. But they work together. Like they have this, um, they have this like good back and forth with each other and, and they know what each other does and what each other thinks. I just really like those two characters. I thought that that's really what made the movie work at its core. Well, like I said, you know, at the start of this conversation, thank you for giving me a movie where I actually really loved her in the movie. I mean, not, again, I don't mean that as in I don't like Helena Bonham Carter. I think she's an amazing actress, but she does always play these weird, odd yeah. roles. Um, it's kind of what she's known for, especially if you look at the work she's done. Like, you look at Harry Potter, you look at um, Sweeney Todd. All, Fight like, Club. Fight Club. Like, she always plays these really whacked out, weird roles. So to mm-hmm. see her play a normal role an actual real life person yeah was totally different and i actually really enjoyed it i wonder why i've never looked into it but i wonder why they chose her to play such a different role i don't know you know what i mean yeah maybe michael keaton suggested her it's possible i mean again he had just he had worked with keaton he had worked with burton already because the first batman movie i think was 89 so he had already had a nice relationship with burton by Mm -hmm. this point like a, a t- over a decade of Michael Keaton's a lot weirder than we give him credit for. <laughs> yeah, but he's such a fantastic actor. I really love Keaton. Politics aside, I really love Keaton. Oh, I didn't know there were politics involved. There with are Keaton. politics. I'd rather not know them. You would rather not know them. Yeah, I'd rather not know them because I enjoy Keaton greatly. So I don't want anything yep. to tarnish that. Um. Yeah, but I, I'm glad that you enjoyed that movie. It is my all-time favorite movie. I don't I, know why. I, no, I, you know what? I can see it. Knowing what I know about you, I yeah. can I can see it. I love you, that movie. Because you are a history buff. I am. I am. And, and this is more definitely more modern history than more like relatively history, as in like last 50 years history. But right. Lifetime, our lifetime. <laughs> yes, it's within our lifetime. So that's right. I consider that more modern history. Um, so I, but I, knowing what I know about you and how much of a history buff you are, like, I, I totally get it. Yeah. I can see it. I love that movie. Love, love. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I did. I enjoyed it very much. And Cudlitz is in it. And I, I had forgotten Cudlitz was in it. I I do that every time I watch the movie, by the way, I always forget that he's in it because he's not in it very long. No, he, he only has one rotation. Right. Well, and he's very <laughs> firm about yep. that too. But every single time I watch this movie and he pops up, I'm like, 
cutlets, man. You're in everything I like. <laughs> I think I said the same thing. I think like right after he popped up, I was like, cutlets. Like I, like I think I said it out loud. If I ever see him at a con and I can get to him, because I've seen him at a con before, but I can never get to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to talk to him about this movie if he would even remember making it. Oh, I'm sure he would probably remember making it. I mean, look at the people he was working with. Yeah, that's true. He was working but, with Keith. You know, he only Helena did Bonaparte. one rotation. <laughs> he only did one rotation. <laughs> he only signed up for one rotation. Yeah, he's got to go home. His wife's having a baby. I got to go. But yeah, great story. Fantastic cast. Lily Taylor was great. Yeah. Um, you know, Bruce McGill, who played Peter Arnett. Uh, Paul Guilfoyle, who I know from CSI. Right. Uh, he's great. Him. He's a CNN guy. Yeah. He's the yeah. one that kind of was like, he's the one that kind of like kind of pushed him to stay a little yeah. bit. Yeah. He was like, look, this is a once in a lifetime news story. Yep. You know, he's like, I can't tell you to stay. I can't tell you to do anything. That's not going to be safe, but yep. we, we could really have something here. <laughs> yeah. This is like a <laughs> lifetime news story. Don't let ABC get it, please. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so it was, I I highly enjoyed it. So I, I appreciate the fact that you gave me this one as homework. Good, 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 good. I'm glad. So, so what do we have coming up? Uh, why, I'll give you mine first. And then and you then, have to do the guess. And then I got to do the guess for, yeah. for mine. So I've kind of already mentioned this one to you uh, when we when we podcasted on Revisit It. Uh, I had one ahead of this one, but I decided to bump it up when I found out you hadn't heard, when you hadn't watched it. Uh, so on the tale of Oppenheimer, we were talking a lot oh. about Matt Damon movies. I, I know what you're going to say too. Okay, what what you am I saying at the you? same time? You want to say it at the same time? No, no, just tell me what is your homework. We bought a zoo. Yes, that is your yeah. homework for the week. <laughs> uh, is the Matt Damon Scarlett Johansson movie We Bought a Zoo? Yeah, Dave remembered that, not me. Oh, really? I go, I go, yeah. He said that he had one already. I remember him writing it down and I can't remember what he said. And he goes, we bought a zoo. And I was like, what? So d- does Dave listen to Revisited? I didn't think so, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> Apparently he must. If that, if Maybe he, he does. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So we bought a zoo is your homework for next week. I'm excited. It's a movie. It's it's a movie that I think is incredibly underrated, and I I really really love. Matt Damon is in it, and it's about animals. It's yeah. gonna be great. It's I about animals, wait. and and I think another reason why you're gonna like it is because it's about saving animals. Oh gosh, like that's the cry? whole. Yes, I'm gonna cry. You're gonna yeah, cry. great, super. Yes. I'm on this new medication right now, too, that makes me cry if I just think about something sad. Like, if you give me, like, 30 seconds, I'll start crying. No, and, I, won't, but, I, I won't give you the time. It's fine. No, but I'm just saying, like, I'm, like, always on the precipice. Well, because, like, so. I, I know how you are with animal cruelty and such, too. So, yeah. like, this movie is, it's Matt Damon, which I already know you love. I know you love mm-hmm. ScarJo. And this is all a movie about, like, saving and rescuing animals. So, it's the whole purpose for the zoo. So, not to say too much. That's all I'm going to say. I am so, in. I think you're going to enjoy it. Now, I'm going to take a shot in the dark. Danny so knowing, was outraged. So knowing that Danny was outraged that I haven't seen this movie and thinking of my my whole unwatched playlist and thinking of a movie that You'll is in there. Hold on. I got to see if this movie I'm thinking of is on that list. Because um, it might Who not knows? be. If it's not on that list, then I'm not thinking of the right movie. Um, let's see if I look at that list is this movie on that list. Let me go to that letter. Uh, it's not shit. So it's not the movie I'm thinking of. (laughs) What did you think it was? I thought it was Mary Poppins returns. Oh no, 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 Mm. no, that wouldn't be an outrage for her. This one was an outrage because we've seen this movie probably 20 times. Is it? And I think that that's the under. Is it a musical? No. Hmm. No, it. I, I'm telling you, you'll never guess it. Um. Is it about a bear? No, it's not cocaine bear. <laughs> no, I was thinking more Paddington, but. Oh no no no! You have to understand that my kids are not kitty movie people. 
So Ooh, it's one okay. Of, it is one of their favorite movies. Like after we watched this movie as a family, I could not go into my living room without seeing one of my children watching this movie for a good solid month. Is it more recent as in like last five years? Yes. Is it about an author? No. Okay, damn, it's not Tolkien either. Okay, then I don't know. The Tomorrow War. Oh, with Chris Pratt. Yeah. All right. Okay, no, that's, you're right. I haven't seen it. She was outraged. I'm not, (laughs) (laughs) she was just like, you're telling me that Mr. Ben, Mr. Ben hasn't seen Tomorrow War? That is insane. (laughs) She goes, that's his assignment, period. (laughs) The best part about it is I can picture Danny being outraged at that. She was outraged because I was like, I don't know. I was choosing, but I was trying to choose between three movies. And um, when I said Tomorrow War as my last one, she goes, no, done. Tomorrow War. No, why are we even discussing this? (laughs) Yeah, I can picture Danny being outraged. That's the best part of it. (laughs) Yeah, it's been been on my list for a while, and it's one I just haven't had the opportunity to get to yet. And so I will bump it to the top. It will be. I like it that every every week so far, we do highly different movies. Yeah. Well, but I mean, like, that's the point of it, too. Like, is like it doesn't I mean, every once in a while, maybe we'll put like a spin on it and be like, okay, the next movie we give each other has (laughs) to be like animated. Right. You know, um, so well, actually, you know what? Let's do that next time. All right, fine. We'll wait a little bit. Okay. We'll wait a little. Because I'm having fun just randomly choosing. Oh, I have a list of at least like six movies to give you. Okay, good. So I have a list of over a hundred. <laughs> yes, but I made that list. I know. Well, you know, I, oh, I, I meant to ask you if I you had a seen a certain at. movie and now I can't remember. So I'm going to have to text you. Horror? Yeah, I've seen it. No, I'm not going to do horror. And don't you dare do horror for me. <laughs> I won't give you horror. Oh my gosh. Don't do horror. it. Well, I'll if I ever give you a horror, it won't be straight up it'll be horror. more like a quiet place horror it, it or like a comedic horror okay yeah that's fine but if you give me like house of Ten Thousand corpses or something i'll straight no. up say no <laughs> no well first off that movie doesn't exist it's only house of a thousand corpses you're Whatever. you're putting in you're putting way too many more corpses in that house um <laughs> it's but i mean like if i ever give you a horror it would be something like along the lines of like uh Shaun of the dead see like, that's fine. i've seen that movie but yeah yeah, that, but I mean, like something on, like like comedic, right? With still some elements of horror to it, but it's more comedic and or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's more along the lines of what I would give you. Perfect. All right. So our homework for next week: we bought a zoo and the Tomorrow War, which uh, <laughs> two totally different movies. Yes, but you know we've got star power to this now. We've got Matt Damon and Chris Pratt. True. And Yvonne Stravinsky's also in it. And you have ScarJo. And I have ScarJo. And I'm always happy to have ScarJo. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Have you seen Jojo Rabbit? Oh, God, yes. Okay. That movie. That's my favorite Scarlett Johansson movie by far. That movie was amazing and at the same time ripped my damn heart out. Right. Yes. Good job, Taika Waititi. The I'm just going to say the shoes. The shoes. It's burned into my memory. Yeah. I I totally I, understand what you're saying. Yep. That scene, my <sighs> heart dropped. Yep. Mm-hmm. In that and, scene. And how many times can you really say Taika Watiti plays a delightful Adolf Hitler? <laughs> right. That is not a sentence that should ever have been said. And yet it's true. Ooh. I just thought of another Taika movie I could probably give you. It's one of his earlier movies. Add it to the list. And there's actually a TV show based on it now. Oh, What We Do in the Shadows? Yeah. Have you seen the movie? No. <laughs> All right. I might have to add it to the list. Add it as a like as an outlier. Like, I can't think of anything else to give her. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Make it your movie next week. <laughs> No, I'm good. The movie I was originally going to give you this week is going to be your movie next week. Uh, my movie for next week is like a, just a dumb comedy. 
Okay. So. Well, don't tell me. No, I'm not going to tell I gotta you. Watch, I got to watch We Bought a Zoo first. Yeah. I actually, I'm probably going to. The, the other cool thing about doing this podcast so far is I've actually rewatched all the movies I've given you. I rewatched Life from time. Baghdad because everybody was asleep in my house and it was like an hour and a half. And I'm like, I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> but I, I, I rewatched Real Steel when I gave you that last week. I rewatched Scott Pilgrim this week when I gave it to you. I'll, I'll, Real Steel was great. I'm telling you, I told you. I want a sequel. It's been rumored for years that they well, could potentially do one. That boy has to be like 25 now. Oh, they could do a good sequel with a, a, a adult version of that kid. Yeah. And, and Adam. Yeah. I'm already writing it in my head. <laughs> it's been rumored for a while that there could potentially be a sequel and they just haven't, they haven't done it yet. So. Uh, but I'll I'll definitely end up rewatching We Bought a Zoo because it's been a couple years since I've watched that movie. Yeah, might even watch it today. Actually, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Real Steel? No, We Bought a Zoo. Oh. <laughs> I I'll, I'll rewatch Real Steel again too. Like I love that movie. I need to watch Oppenheimer again. I know. I need me too. I um, need I need us I need to get to August first where we have payday. And I finally get paid again because teachers don't get paid in the summer for anybody that thought that they did so that I can go see Oppenheimer again because <laughs> I'm on fumes right now just trying to get to the end of the month. Well, I mean, at the time that you're listening to this, our coverage of Oppenheimer has already dropped. So if you've seen the movie, go and listen to that. You'll hear all our thoughts on that. Uh, and that was part of a uh, two part crossover. Uh, so if you've seen Barbie. Barbie yeah, if you've seen Barbie, that's also going to be posted alongside Oppenheimer, kind of. It's it's part one of the Barbenheimer crossover with Podcastica. Yes, so, which I think that the graphic that you made for that should be <laughs> t-shirts. I, I love that really graphic. Like, I would love a t-shirt of that. Did you make it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you put that on Redbubble and just send it to me as a t-shirt? I probably could. I'd love that. Actually, I think I think what I might do if I do that, I think it won't be just a square image on a shirt. I might just take the background out so it's just the explosion with Barbie standing there in front of it. I was just gonna say that you should yeah. do that. I, I I might do that with everybody with cigarettes hanging out of their mouths, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's wrap this up. <laughs> yes. So we have our homework for next week. Uh, we would love your feedback on either of the movies that we watched, if you've seen them or any of the movies that we're going to be watching next week. So if you have notes on, you know, let us know what you think of We Bought a Zoo or, um, or, and, or, uh, The Tomorrow War. Let us know your thoughts on that. And if you've seen Live from Baghdad, please tell me because <laughs> nobody I know has ever seen this movie. I'm the first person now. And it's yes, only because she assigned excited. it to me. Yeah. <laughs> I needed somebody to talk to you about it. Um, so yeah, so if you, if you have feedback on uh, any movie we've covered or any movie we're going to be covering, uh, we'd love to hear it. Wilhelmpodcast.com is where you can go to find that other episodes of the podcast or, uh, feedback at Wilhelmpodcast.com. You can email us directly and let us know either form of an email or voicemail. Yes. Yes. So that wraps it up for another movie swap here on Wilhelm. Until next time, we'll see you on another episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.